You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community. Covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Hello, everyone. Let's Welcome get to started. Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, as always, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be interviewing Joe Casabona. Did I say that right, Joe? That is correct, yes. Awesome, awesome. And we're going to be talking to Joe about producing educational content for your course sites, your support sections, your membership sites. Um, that is actually educational. And I think that's uh, one thing a lot of people when we create these sites might overlook is are we actually educating people? And I thought Joe was going to be an interesting guest for that because Joe is both a web developer, as of course many people on the show are, and also a college professor. So I thought that kind of Venn diagram was fun and a neat place to start from, um, from discussing this topic. So Joe, thanks again for joining us here today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. And I guess before we kick off with the official questions, I guess I have kind of an, an unofficial one. What kind of college professor, professor are you, Joe? I teach primarily computer science. Uh, so intro to programming, but I also teach a, a course called uh, Computer Literacy, where I teach all college freshmen the basics of computers, which I've kind of parlayed into being a good internet citizen. Awesome. And of course, as we all know, being an expert at something doesn't mean you're good at teaching people about it. That's a completely different skill set. So I thought it was kind of an interesting topic to cover today. So Joe, I'm just curious just to kick things off. What is your WordPress origin story? How did you first become exposed to WordPress? Let's see. It was about, I think it was 2004. Uh, and I, I was working in this uh, student lab with a few other computer savvy students and uh, another web developer who was there or somebody majoring in web development, I guess. Uh, and I were talking and I said, you know, I'm doing a lot of these websites with like 
stuff I need to update, I think I'm going to build my own admin where I can easily manage these websites. And he said, have you heard of WordPress? And I was like, no. So he showed me WordPress and I was hooked from then on. So it was to like 2004, I think 1.5 just came out. There wasn't even support for pages. So I was doing the thing that I feel like a lot of people probably did where like I was putting PHP pages like into WordPress core, but using WordPress for managing like a bunch of other dynamic content. Uh, and I was, I was hooked. I started using it for pretty much every project uh, and then exclusively starting in 2006. Yeah, you know, I think it's funny I ask that question of every guest and uh, it often actually quite uh, quite often pops up a lot that the answer was, I just got sick of updating my website, so I needed a <laughs> kind of pseudo proper CMS. I guess that depends on when you adopted WordPress, whether you might consider it a CMS or not, obviously in today's world, very much so. Uh, but 2004, which was before custom post types and custom meta fields even, uh, maybe less so. So it sounded like you're kind of poking around at the edges to make that true for you. Um, but again, kind of thematic answer actually from quite a few folks. So very interesting. So um, uh, you already kind of delved in a little bit in, into the work that you do in terms of educating the students in terms of computer literacy, as well as, you know, obviously kind of touching on some of the web development topics. Um, is that the only thing that you do? Do you have any other like lines of business or businesses you own? Yeah, so I have been uh, full-time self-employed since uh, June of 2017, and that's when I really started focusing on like different lines of businesses. And I, I had freelanced basically all throughout high school and college, uh, and then I needed health insurance, so like I got a, a full-time job. Um, now I'm happily married, and my wife uh, supports us that way. But um, as far as other lines of business go, I'm a web developer. So I do, um, you know, uh, web development for hire. I create and sell my own online courses. I teach at the college level. And then I have a podcast um, where sponsorship money um, is, is a, a reasonable amount of my income. Great. So you're doing kind of lots of different things, but obviously with your root in web development, doing some freelancing work, servicing clients, but also kind of coupling that with the education side, sounds like a lot of people building sites, right? Which is, I'm an expert at this area, but I have this idea or I'm working with this client and I really need to deliver an experience that, you know, educates, hopefully drives some value for either their business or their client's business. But there's this whole other world of education that a lot of people certainly in computer science and web development are familiar with. And so, you know, I think thinking about that and the intersection of these skill sets with you, I think, you know, we can uncover some interesting things today. So, you know, in this journey, I'm guessing you learned some lessons along the way. Um, but what do you think, like, what are the basic principles people should think about when building out educational content or experiences? Like, what's, what's like the core truth of that strategy? I think the core truth, and this is something I've been talking about since I had this aha moment in the classroom, is you need to be able to empathize with your students. And so the, the aha moment that I had was I was explaining WordPress to my computer literacy students. And I said, we're all going to set up a WordPress.com website. I think it's important for you all to have some experience with managing content on the web. And uh, I started to explain to them the difference between a post and a page. And I did my whole spiel. Uh, and my students looked confused. And then one of my students raised her hand and said, I have no idea what you just said. 
and in that moment, I was like, I've been using WordPress for the better part of a decade at that point. And I, I just assumed that people could figure out the difference between a post and a page. And so I reworked my, my explanation for them. I actually showed them examples and I really took that moment to heart. And so now whenever I set out to create a new course, I think, let me forget everything that I know as an expert and focus on what the learner probably knows at this moment. Okay, so that sounds like a good core principle. Are there any other like super high level like governing principles that you live by as you build these things out? Yeah, I, I focus very heavily on learning by doing. Um, so all of my courses uh, kind of focus on what thing are we building? So um, I think Troy Dean talks about this too. He says, uh, how do I get my, my student from zero to win? So each video in the course is a focused thing. We're going to accomplish X in this video. And then the entire course is you are here. Uh, by the end of the course, you will have built out this thing. Uh, and by doing that, hopefully the student is able to retain something like 90 to 95% of what they learned because they're actually doing it along the way. So let me make sure I get this straight. So first of all is don't make assumptions, right? Just because you know a lot about that topic or your writers know a lot about it, you might be speaking to someone coming from a completely different perspective. And so jargon and things like that, um, you want to watch for and make sure that as you use them, your audience is familiar with them, or at least you educate them on what those things are. And then um, secondly, uh, thinking about the outcome is like I'm building a thing versus learning information. In other words, you're not just explaining what a post and a page are, but you're actually explaining it in the context of creating an end product. Is that kind of a good summary there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important too, because especially if you're creating an online course uh, or a course where people opt into it, they probably are taking that course to solve a specific problem. You know, in, in college, it's like you have a little bit of a captive audience, but when you're creating a course that people want to buy, they want to solve a problem. That's awesome. You know, uh, Sean Heshkith of WP One-on-One was on a few episodes ago. He had some interesting and similar thoughts to that. Um, you mentioned Troy's thoughts about, like, what's my win? I love Troy. I actually was on the phone with him last night, ironically. Um, but a uh, super smart gentleman over at WP Elevation. Um, but those are, those, are, those are quite sound thoughts. And I think, you know, again, a lot of us write material that we're familiar with or produce material we're familiar with. Um, we often overlook a lot of these tidbits. So this is super cool. I want to get deeper into this, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with nachoanalytics.com. Seriously? 
Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate. Of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Let's press forward with more Press This only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Joe Casabona about creating educational sites and experiences and content that's actually educational. Um, Joe, right before the break, you were sharing kind of your core philosophy about creating educational content. I thought that was super interesting. And I know, obviously, I have a lot of experience building WordPress sites and so on and so forth. So based on those principles, what technologies or features do you like uh, when building out these kind of sites, which f- help you follow those principles? I think that's a great question. And, you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a WordPress guy. So um, as far as the so actual- WordPress podcast. So yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm a big fan of LearnDash for my learning management system. I think it breaks things down uh, in, in the way that I think of my courses where I have lessons and topics and those lessons are kind of like the section headings and the topics are the outlined bullet points. I always start my courses with an outline of the things I want to teach that usually translates one-to-one to a video. Um, I use Vimeo for actually creating the videos uh, and I use WooCommerce to sell. Uh, and the reason I use WooCommerce, even though LearnDash has like an e-commerce uh, aspect to it is because WooCommerce has the shopping cart and integrates with really great tools for analytics and uh, abandoned cart stuff and affiliate stuff. And so WooCommerce I use primarily for the e-commerce stuff, uh, but LearnDash has all the tools that I need from feedback uh, learning evaluation stuff uh, for me to really engage with my students. Yeah, LearnDash is uh, super popular. A ton of my friends who run these kind of sites certainly le- rely on that. Uh, personally, a big fan. We use it a couple of ways here at WP Engine. So, uh, good recommendation from my perspective. So, from the technology point, that makes sense. And obviously, kind of everybody has their own kind of favorite stack and things like that. Um, but like one of the questions I have with educational content is, 
how do you know it's actually educating people? You know, when I make a landing page, when I make a website, I can measure the number of sales, the amount of revenue it generates. I generally know if it works or not. How do you know if a piece of educational material actually is doing the job it's supposed to do? That is super hard in the online space, right? If you're in a classroom, just like the story I told earlier, uh, you can see on your students' faces, more or less, if they're getting the information or not, like if they understand what you're saying. Um, Sometimes that's not the case, right? Sometimes they don't get it, but they don't want to say anything. Uh, But still, more often than not, when you can read the faces of your students in the classroom, you can tell if they're understanding what you're saying. Online, those factors are completely gone, right? Because you don't have necessarily a captive audience. Uh, You don't even have completion rates to go off of because a lot of times people will buy the course and take it as they need it or grab that one lesson to solve the problem that they're trying to solve today. Um, But the things that I try to do are make myself as accessible as possible. So I say right when they register, hey, my name's Joe, I'm going to be your instructor. If you have any questions throughout this process, let me know. I have a forum for them to post questions, uh, and the forum is only open to other people registered in the class. Um, I use a a plugin called Learn Dash Notifications, so that when people complete a specific lesson or topic, uh, they get an email that says, "Hey, you just completed what I think is the hardest lesson in the whole course." Send me an email if you have any questions or what was the hard part? What did you struggle with? How can I help? And then the last thing that I'm really trying to do to help engage and and therefore uh, figure out if they are actually getting the material is I'm having monthly office hours. So uh, they're live, available to any student who wants to come or submit questions. If, If the time zone doesn't match up, I try to move the time uh, every month to make sure that people are are represented. Um, But those are the ways that I try to engage uh, by being very communicative and by making myself accessible for them to answer questions whenever they pop up. So basically kind of amplify or, or expand the number of feedback channels you have. And I'm guessing things like obviously surveys and like rate this course, uh, rate this video, or rate this content elements are also part of that strategy, but kind of run of the mill stuff. But it seemed like your observation was like, hey, give them a lot of ways to give you feedback and, and share their journey, either with you or even others like in the forum. And then read those things and then use that to inform your strategy on the course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that like all of those, all of the ways that you just mentioned too are, are incredibly important because again, you don't have that captive audience. You're probably working with people who are busier than say college or high school students. So they're going to take, they're going to take the course and, and um, you may not hear from a lot of them. I, again, I try to make myself as accessible as possible um, by by using email and uh, the forums and things like that. I've toyed around with Slack, but you know, a lot of people are in a lot of Slack channels, and I don't know if they want to add another one just for this course that they're taking. So um, I'm also trying to have more phone calls, like actual like one-on-one calls with students to get their feedback if they're willing. Yeah, and I think that's something a lot of content creators actually rarely do. I think course providers do, of course, because you end up engaging with your audience a lot. But I think for a lot of web developers or even content creators, uh, you know, you have 
basically zero visibility a lot of time into the people actually consuming your content. So I think having those personal personal relationships sounds like super solid advice. This also reminds me of a strategy that I've deployed in the past that I call unconversion rate optimization, where we've actually done A-B tests on things like support articles and support videos to see if that reduces the number of times people click on contact support. So in other words, instead of tracking a conversion as a positive event, you track it as a negative event. But that requires that there's a very clear next step that you don't want them to do, like have to contact support. But it sounds like just in general, um, you know, open up those communication channels, get that feedback, and then react to it. And then, as you pointed out, like have personal relationships. Um, that makes all the sense in the world. So now I want to ask you a fun question. I always love this question. What mistakes do you see people make in their educational content? Like what makes you cringe when you just see this in practice or in real life? Uh so I'll start with one that's pet PV, but I know a lot of people do. So I'm sorry if you've, uh, if you've done this, I don't know. Um, when you're doing a, a screencast that is showing actions on the screen and like your face is taking up like one of the corners, um, that, that one makes me cringe because uh, if you are actively doing something on the screen, now you're taking up space on the screen. It's a little bit distracting. So that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. That's maybe a controversial uh, opinion. I could see that cut both ways, right? Like some yeah. people are like, oh, I want to see the face because it, you know, is more humanizing and things like that. But yeah, it's a, it can get in the way actually, of course, when you're trying to like actually look at the thing they're trying to show you. Yeah, absolutely. And I get you want to show that you're a real person behind it. And and my recommendation there is show yourself at the beginning, introduce the video or the tutorial, and then fade yourself out, show the screen the whole time, uh, and then fade yourself back in at the end to kind of close things up. Because, you know, you're taking up valuable real estate. I've seen people have to move their face throughout the video because it was it's covering up some important part that they're trying to highlight. And um, I just think that you want your students to focus fully on whatever they're doing. But as far as like actual not pet PV mistakes, um, I think that a lot of people um, assume it's easy because they can do it. So um, they'll do something like uh, they'll use language like that. Oh, well, you know, it's really simple to create a page in WordPress. Just just click pages, add new, uh, and you can create a new page. If someone's taking your course uh, and they're they're watching this lesson or reading this tutorial, it wasn't as easy to them. And now you're putting them in a position where they feel like they should have gotten it on their own. Um, and so I think that's maybe one of the biggest mistakes that people make. I know they're using that language to try to soften the blow. Hey, this is easy. Don't worry. Everybody can do it. But um, again, coming from that place of empathy, it should really be, here's what we're going to do. Here's how to do it. Here's the end result. And, and try not to use those uh, simplifying modifiers because it has the opposite effect on learners than what you might hope. All right. So like if you're sitting here saying it's easy and I'm just scratching my head to no end, then you might be discouraging me from proceeding or just not even acknowledging. Maybe, maybe, maybe make me feel like it's not the right course for me because, hey, look, this isn't easy. That's an interesting way to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've seen it in action, um, you know, where uh, I've, I had a coworker like a million years ago um, when I worked someplace and we were doing a group training and during his parts of the training, he would say, gee, how do you create a post? Just click add new. And I saw, I saw the people in the workshop, I saw their faces going, I don't even know what a post is. And you're telling me it's so easy to create one. Um, so I, I, I do think that 
um, if they're if they're coming to you for help, it wasn't as easy, and that's something that you should be really mindful of. That's that's um, good to know. Absolutely. So um, it's interesting to hear these mistakes, and I you know I think it's good to help kind of frame things up for people so they can think about areas to avoid. But of course, you have the really like solid examples of this, and so when we get back, I want to talk to you a little bit about that and see um, who you think is doing a really good job at this. So everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. All right, guys. I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte? You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay. Let us help you grow your business. Bailey? So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm Webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Joe Casabona about creating educational content that's actually educational. Joe, right before the break, you were sharing how some kind of worst-case examples of how people have done a bad job with their educational content. I want to flip that question around, though. Who's killing it? Who's doing an awesome job with creating educational content? I think that we, you have mentioned two people who I think are just really doing the best. Uh, and that's Troy Dean and Sean Hesketh. Uh, I'm a little biased because Sean, I work with him 
closely on on several projects, and he's a bit of a mentor to me. Uh, but I think taking his his lead, if you've ever gone to wp101.com, his videos are very clear. They are short. They are focused. He speaks in a very clear manner. Um, you never see his face in the videos, and uh, he he doesn't use that he doesn't use that language like simply click here. It's very matter of fact, and it's very very clear what you're doing. Um, and then the same thing with Troy. Troy gives you, um, you know, his 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 courses are different because they're not necessarily specific screencasts. They're how can you improve your business, but he he gives you the tools that you need and the actionable advice or the actual the actions that you need to take to start improving your business, which is, I think, why people are willing to pay so much for his courses, because there is real proven value there. Yeah, and Troy's interesting. And, and for those unfamiliar, again, Troy's with WP Elevation. And it was real interesting speaking to him last night. Again, so ironic that uh, you mentioned him here today. But one of the things he shared with me last night is, hey, look, we're laser focused and, and their mission is to help uh, WordPress freelancers and agencies grow and scale their business. And he said, look, we're laser focused. We don't do any like code uh, courses or, you know, how to do this very technical thing. Um, how do you think about that in terms of like education? You think it's like you should like try to, you know, be a jack of all trades and educate people all the way um, is kind of a blend of things sometimes. Um, how do you think about like that laser focus like Troy has? I think laser focus is so, so, so important because uh, this is a lesson that I learned the hard way, but I learned from, again, people like Sean who focus on beginners, Troy who focuses on freelancers and business owners, my friend Zach Gordon who focuses strictly on JavaScript. Um, and in each of those cases, they have set themselves apart as an expert and their learners trust them. When I first started making my own online courses, I took a very college professory approach in that, hey, I know this and I could teach it, so I'm gonna create a course and sell it. But when you're creating your online courses, people need to trust you first. And so if you have that laser focus, if you're creating content around a specific topic, if you have people asking you about a specific topic, those people are going to trust you and then buy your course. Just to put a cap on that, um, I've, I've been saying over the last couple of years, right? Like ever since I realized what I was doing, um, that I found it easier to sell a $5,000 website to one person than a $50 course to 100 people. And it's because I didn't have that laser focus. And now as people trust me, I'm laser focused on a couple of topics or one or two topics really, uh, people are willing to ask me questions and buy those types of courses from me. So last question here for the interview, and then we're going to wrap it up, but real quick, how do you think of educational content and its role at driving business outcomes like conversions? Like, do you, do you view the two as being married, separate? How do you think about that? Love that question because uh, I'm getting a lot more active on my YouTube channel. I'm putting out a lot more different kind of podcast episodes. I think that creating educational content is a can be a big driver for commerce because again you're developing that trust right in the golden age of advertising you could put a 30 second ad on tv and say like hey we're the greatest car that you could ever buy come down and buy it you can't do that anymore we're inundated with ads and people want to trust who they're giving their money to and educational content demonstrating the things that you're claiming and showing people hey I'm putting my money where my mouth is, uh, is, is so important because it develops that personal relationship and again, that trust. 
So basically the notion here is have their back when they come in the door, not uh, or as they're coming in the door, not just when they become a customer. And by educating them and supporting them in their mission, um, the idea would be that it would be more likely that they would perhaps get aligned with you and buy your product, buy your information, buy your service, whatever it is um, that your educational co content is designed to support. Sound about right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, always have their back from the time they're interested until well after they purchased, because a lot of people, again, think like online courses are passive. They're not passive income. You, you, are, you need to be active in this community that you're building. Awesome. Well, Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun talking to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.